Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, bumping along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. Some people were finally allowed in, but it wasn't the homecoming we wanted as Doncaster ran away with the points. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. My name is Louis Mendes and on uh, this week's show we'll be looking back at yesterday's 3-1 home defeat against Doncaster Rovers. Thoroughly disappointing afternoon uh, in the end on the uh, the day when fans were finally uh, allowed back into the valley. Uh, a thousand of you were there to witness, uh, unfortunately, that result. But I hope those of you who were there uh, did enjoy coming back to the Valley. Uh, at least one of those who was there is, of course, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? I'm all right. Yeah, not the not the best game in the world, but you know, it is what it is, as Bowie would say. Oh, obviously, the, the the fact you got to go back to the Valley for the first time in six months, though, to to see a game of football, that must that must have been a lot. It was, yeah, very. Very emotional, actually, um, when the players came out and when Boya came out and even the applause for Thomas Sangard. Um, yeah, it, you know, got a little bit of a lump at the back of the throat, goosebumps, as 
Boyer himself mentioned as well. It was just a really special thing. I think I really recognised how much I'd missed it for sure. Um, so yeah, it was it was lovely to be back. Obviously, in very strange circumstances, you get in an hour and a half before kick off, and you're just sat in your seat basically waiting. It was lovely weather, so um, got a nice tan out of it. But uh, yeah, a very strange experience, but. Hopefully it all went well. Um, I have to say that the the ground staff and everyone did an absolutely unbelievable job to to administer it. And hopefully from a wider football perspective, the trial went well. And they think based on that, that they're going to hopefully get more in. Um, because I know we lost the game, but it, it was so nice to be at a game and to hear people singing and just be around other people. Because football is such a community sport, particularly at Charlton. You know, that, that community feel is there. So... Yeah, a very surreal day, but I enjoyed it despite the result. Excellent stuff. Well, we'll hear a bit more from some fans who were there at the game yesterday as the show progresses. Of course, we'll hear the highlights uh, from yesterday's defeat. We'll hear from Addict's boss, Lee Bayer, what he had to say on the game against Doncaster. Also discuss the fact that Tom Sangard was there. Uh, talk about another protest that was done uh, yesterday, and we've got plenty of emails and tweets to come to as well. So, Tom, just before we hear... The Valley Pass highlights, including uh, Mr. Jason Pierce uh, on them this week. Uh, the, the game itself uh, f- fits and starts really. I thought I thought we actually started okay, but as soon as as soon as we fell a goal behind, we fell apart, and then we'd conceded three by the hour mark. You know, got one back. Maybe thought we might make a little bit of a comeback, but nothing really ever came of it. And uh, in, in the end, I think some of the the frailties that we have within our side and within our squad were unfortunately exposed quite painfully yesterday. Yeah, I think that, that's a pretty good summary. I thought there were large portions of that first half where we created good chances. Uh, watched the highlights back today, actually. There's obviously a, a fair few of them, especially in that first half, we were down the opposite end to us. Um, but there were a couple of really good opportunities. The one with Gilby sliding in at the back post, a couple of chances for Macaulay Bond, uh, the long-range shot as well. So, yeah, I thought we looked good at, at patches in that first half and just didn't take our chances. But the game turned as soon as that goal went in really um i think it was a soft goal to concede and then doncaster really bossed it from from that point on we conceded our standard early second half goal and then as you say we we tried to get back into it but by the time we did we were three goals behind and it was just too little too late um there were some positives for sure but i think for me it just exposes the as you said the frailties we've got and i left there you know, disappointed and, and angry, but angry at the situation, not the players. And I said it um, on Twitter after the game, I'm not going to blame the players at the moment because them and Boya, you know, their hands are tied and they're working with the best with what they can. I know Boya came out after the game and said we didn't play very well and that's true, but we're asking a lot of, of players. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the, the lineup and that sort of thing in a minute, but we're asking a lot of players that we shouldn't really have to. So, it was disappointing. It was a bit of a maybe a leveller for those who'd seen us beat Crew and think, hey, we're going to run away with this league. A uh, bit of a wake-up call, perhaps. But I think majority of us, you know, we're we're aware of what's going on and the fact that to get into those top six places this season, as things stand, is going to be a huge, huge challenge. And that's why big uh, big Tommy Sangar got the reaction he got because we need a little bit of help if we are going to make a a push for the the promotion places. 
Excellent stuff. Right, well, let's have a listen then to the highlights from yesterday's game with special guest, the Addicts Captain Jason Pierce. He's alongside Terry Smith and Greg yeah, Stubbley. We're away from kickoff, only a couple of minutes, I would say. Yeah, um, from, from kickoff. Uh, good to have fans back in the stadium. It's a gorgeous day for football, by the way. And uh, as you can probably hear, the thousand or so fans have just welcomed the Addicts out onto the pitch for the first time in what seems like ages to have a reaction from a crowd to a Charlton side coming out looking for options inside of him is McCauley Bond a little touch up to Washington back to Bond good football from Charlton yes. finds Washington again edge of the penalty area he's inside will he take the shot he gets it away oh, oh and just as Purrington wow. was sliding in on that left hand side he couldn't connect I'm trying to say that's not Purrington actually it's that's Gilby I beg his pardon that's just really couldn't unlucky. connect with that I think uh, to be fair Connor Washington was shooting but Alice Gilby was only centimetres away from turning that home. And they're just... Um, Potentially. Oh. Pratt is just giving the ball away. And Nikilo's got out. In the final third for Doncaster. Inside to Whiteman. Ball forward. Intercepted by Prattley. Comes back to Gomez. who has got a shooting chance. Goes for it. Oh, it's in. My. It's a snapshot from Gomez. It might have taken a deflection. Amos's positioning might suggest it did. And just yeah. a half volley. Now nothing. Doncaster have the lead after 24 and a half minutes. Well, it's but, got to be their first shot and goal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think Ben Ben could see it it's, when he got through the the players. He was going the other way, and that's, that's tough on the boys because I think they've started the game really well. So they need a reaction. I think now now they've got the lead. I think it will suit them in a way. They're counter-attacking teams. They try and sit in now and play on the counter-attack. So we've got to keep that pressure and uh, look to try and get get a quick response. Larger and then. There is the half-time whistle here at the Valley as Doncaster go into the break with a one-goal lead. Finds Richards back out right to Halliday. And look to take on Doughty. He's got the overlap of what? Whiteman, ball across, goal awkward, and oh, Barker's no. touched into his own net. Sliding no. across, but can only deflect the cross into his own net. And Charlton will have to come from two goals behind. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, it's, uh, it, it stemmed from uh, just really a, a couple of... Powder puff challenges really in midfield that allowed Doncaster to just ride those challenges and come forward. And then the overlap on this near side, the drilled ball across, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he didn't get a call, uh, Rich, um, Charlie, but um, he, he obviously thought he had to make some contact with it. Didn't know who was behind him, so you can't necessarily blame him for that. The worst possible start to the second half. Yeah, for James, good control from Barker, force Kasky. Ball forward, looking for Washington, who gets in behind Washington. The penalty area goes for oh. goal. It's a good save. Washington looked up, tried to find some options. There wasn't really any there. It's a good, powerful strike that forces Bursic to palm it out of play for Charlton Corner. The controls nicely. He's done well there, Bond. Out to left to Doughty, crossing opportunity, swings it in. Prattley with the head. Oh, it's wide. It's a That's decent chance. Great opportunity that. Good ball in from Doughty. Prattley made a really good run from midfield. He'd be disappointed, didn't hit the target. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he, he tried to put it back where it come from and just, just skewed off his head. That's what they're good at, a counter-attack. Doncaster having left-hand side with Richards. Ball backwards to Whiteman, wasn't the greatest, and Whiteman has to turn. Out to the right to John Jules. John Jules looking to take on Perrington. Cuts inside easily, and John Jules shooting chance, oh, and it's 3-0. It's way too easy for Doncaster. John Jules just touched it past Perrington. The shot was towards Amos's left-hand side and Amos couldn't see it and couldn't keep it out and Doncaster have a third you're right it was too easy it was a little nutmeg on uh, Perrington which really just opened up Charlton and then as we try to get back in he swiped his right foot at it and it, uh, I know again if it took a small defection that sort of looped it over Ben Amos who uh, reacted 
like it uh, like it didn't go in the direction he thought it was going. And three nils a, a huge mountain. Kaski to take the corner. Swings it in. Decent looking delivery, but it's headed away by James and fall to the edge of the box to Morgan. He crosses it in. It's an awful oh. ball in the box. Forskowski gets it into the header. Yeah. Yeah. Connor Washington with the header. And Cholan find themselves back in the game. Really well played from Doughty to keep that ball in. Oh, sorry, Forskowski, should I say, to keep the ball in. Get it back in the penalty area. And Washington heads home. Cholan have a lifeline. Come on, lads. Well, Still got you, plenty of time to get, to get two goals here. Swing across the centre. Out here to Doughty. Looking to take on Halliday. Goes past him on the left. Ball back across. And it's a shot. Oh. Oh. Washington did it take a deflection. Oh, no, it, it did. did. Oh, it done. did. That it's has to be block. a corner. Oh, yeah, and the referee has now adjusted his decision. And it is a corner to Charlton. I don't it's know whether it's just block. because uh, Doughty yeah. just put the ball on the spot. It was a definite, definite block. Washington with the effort. It was goal bound and it was a superb block. Couldn't see who it was, but another Charlton corner. Doughty looks up. Left football into the box, straight to John, who clears it away. And as far as Gilby might take a shot here, Gilby takes oh. a shot and off the crossbar, Thank and you. up into the cover end. What a goal that would have been! Is that a Charlton goal kick or a corner? It's a goal kick, but that's the final whistle. Charlton <clears throat> go down three-one here. First game of the Valley of the season. There we go. Then that was the highlights from Valley Pass, uh, Tom. Uh, yeah, like you said uh, in, in the first bit there and on Twitter, you know the the situation is is mainly the reason why we find ourselves where we are. But there were a couple of individual errors yesterday. You know, particularly the, the first goal. I think Darren Prattley giving away the ball and uh, Ben Amos may have may have done better with it, or he could have been a bit unsighted for for Gomez Magda Gomez's long range strike. But you know, overall, I mean, obviously the situation doesn't help. But I, I guess the players will look to take a little bit of responsibility upon themselves for yesterday. Yeah, definitely. And as I say, I'm not going to blame the players. I, I just don't want to, but. I understand some people coming out and saying performances weren't good enough. Um, and you look at, as you say, someone as experienced as Darren Prattley, I think with everything he's done for us over the last season or two, I think he's probably, you know, we'll, we'll let him off one mistake, but he did give the ball away. Ben Amos, yeah, I think we were sat right behind it as the strike came in. I think he was unsighted. But having said that, it came from a long way out and it wasn't the best strike in the world. So he probably still had a bit of time. Uh, obviously, Barker, you can't really blame him, but if his body shape is slightly different, he should clear that away. I agree, he had to get a touch on it because there was someone at the back post waiting to to just tap it in. But you know, a more experienced defender probably manages to clear that away. So yeah, there were there were individual errors. I did think we looked poor in in places. I thought you know the midfield was was frustrating for me. Really, we didn't really control that, and that's where we were we were getting a bit overrun. I thought Alfie was largely anonymous um i thought connor had a good game and macker up top but you know one goal between them f- for that return isn't really enough for us so there were some positives there uh, but as you say i think coming off that pitch there'll be a lot of them looking at themselves and realizing that they perhaps didn't have the games that that they needed to but as i say we've, we've played what four games in in two weeks you think of Maybe even more with West Ham, obviously in a week, and Crew and and Swindon a week before that, and the Checker trade. So games have just been coming thick and fast, and we've got a a threadbare squad. And I said it in in response to something Rich tweeted out yesterday. When you've got a thirty five year old central midfielder playing, and you've got a a seventeen year old kid playing right back, it, it's not a surprise that our defence are a little bit fallible. Um, 
But going forward, I've expected us to be exciting. And at times in that first half, we did look a little bit dangerous and didn't take our chances. But as I say, when the goal went in, then that really dried up. And from that point on, there only looked like there was going to be one team winning that game and it wasn't us. Yeah, was that was that something that surprised you, the way they reacted to that going a goal behind? Because as you said, you know, we did have a couple of openings when the game was at nil-nil, that one from Connor Washington after a nice move between him and Bond, and he sort of slid the shot across the face of goal that could have gone in itself, and, and then Gilby almost tapped in himself, and, and I think we saw Gilby have one in, uh, down to the to the bottom corner that the keeper did well to save, but as, as soon as they went 1-0 down, it was very much like they fell apart, and that's not something we see too often in Elibo's side. I think, obviously we had Darren Prattley in the side, but I think we missed someone like Pierce, who we were hearing from, in the commentary, um, I don't think you can expect Prattley to, to do all that on his own. And you look at the rest of that side, as I say, Barker speaks for itself, his age. Purrington doesn't seem like the most vocal. Oshelaja probably still trying to find his way back into regular football. Jake doesn't sound like the loudest the loudest in the world. People like Alfie and Albie, very young players. Um, I think Macca's quite vocal up top, but there isn't really a huge amount of leadership in that team, unfortunately. Um, you think of the people like Josh Cullen, who we lost. Um, obviously, Lyle Taylor uh, was, was a vocal player. Jason Pierce himself, even um, Patrick Bauer a couple of years ago, you know, vocal, vocal players. Dills usually heard him shouting a lot. So I think we've lost an element of that. And, and I feel like that we may be going to be a, a bit of a soft touch um, if we do go a goal behind. And it was something we saw a few times last year. How many times did we say... We only came back from being behind, what, what, maybe once, if that, all season. So it's not something new to us, um, but it's something we're going to have to learn because, as I say, we are exciting going forward, but we're not always going to get the first goal. So we, we have to be prepared for the fact that if we go a goal behind, and particularly when you've got the fans there as well and you've got that support, you, you just can't crumble. Uh, and we did yesterday. Um, and, and as I say, from that point on, Doncaster really had the running of the midfield and I was pleased Boya changed it up at half time. It, it was something I'd suggested as well. It didn't quite change the personnel that I, I thought he might, but just changing the shape and I thought, right, well, we've done that now. Let's see what happens. And then three minutes into that second half, you're two goals behind and suddenly it becomes a, a an even harder task. And yeah, that second half, I know we got the goal, but I think it was clutching at straws to think we were really going to get back in it. And I think if we had managed to get away from there with a point, I think Doncaster would have felt very hard done by. Mm, yeah, certainly. Uh, coming back to opening goal then, do you think Ben Amos could have done a bit better? My initial reaction, you know, seeing it in the stadium, is I thought he, he either was unsighted or there was a bit of swerve on it. You know, Lee Bowyer, we'll hear him in a sec, says that, that Ben said he was unsighted. Um, but it, it, he seemed to be going sort of almost moving to his right before having to try and adjust and get to his left. But obviously the ball did go quite sent, quite central down down the middle of the goal into the back of the net. I think he'll be disappointed with it, yeah. And having watched it back again today, you see that the moment the ball hits the net, Ben stands up and he sort of does a movement with his hand in front of his eyes as if to tell the back four, look, I, I couldn't see it. And I wonder if that was tr why he was trying to shift his body weight over to the right just to try and see past the defenders. But as I said a bit earlier, it, it comes from a long way out. It, it's a decent strike, but it's not you know, its not flying in the top corner. It's not like Gilby's effort at the end that, that hit the bar. It kind of bobbled a couple of times. It was from a long way out. It wasn't the hardest hit in the world. And as you say, fairly central. And I, I think a keeper of his experience would hope to do a little bit better than that. I wonder if it's just a, 
a case of him not having played a lot of football in, in recent years and still trying to find his way back in. Um, but he'll get there, uh, and I don't think he's the only one that, sh- that should take the blame for that because, as you said earlier, Prattley was the one who gave the ball away and then managed to get a block in, and, and then there was no midfielders there sort of chasing back. So I think there's a few players in the team that will take the responsibility for it, but ultimately, you know, if you're the goalkeeper, you're the last line of defence, people are going to look at you, and when a ball goes that close to you in the middle of the goal, I think it's it's reasonable to expect him to at least get a little bit closer than that. So, yeah, he definitely played a part in it. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few people that could probably say that they should have done a little bit better in the move in general. Yeah, and uh, as we said, well, you know, we didn't really look like getting back into it in that first half after that goal. Um, second period changes in terms of shape, but we fall, fall behind so, uh, two goals behind so quickly after the break, then that really... You really are up against it, then. Um, you have, you do have to feel sorry for young Charlie Barker. You know he's uh, been really had the game sort of piled on him at the start of this uh, this maiden season for him when he's still only seventeen years old, and there's no way uh, he could have been expecting in preseason to, to be getting this amount of minutes. Um, and, and he's just been caught out by one of those uh, crosses in in the corridor of uncertainty that everyone uh, everyone talks about. Uh, and he's he's just got his angle slightly wrong, and it's it's a shame really because uh, he's he's played so well up until maybe up until yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And Bo said it himself. You know how many times did we do that sort of a cross yesterday? Not enough. We had the ball in wide areas, but but didn't do it. And it was a good ball in. And as I say, there was someone waiting at the back post to to tap it in. So he had to do something. But he just got his body shape slightly wrong. And yeah, I mean nobody in the ground at all was was going to blame him for that um, and when he got subbed off he got a really good response from the crowd which which was pleasing to see but I said it on I don't know if it was Thursday or last Sunday's show that he's stood up to every challenge that's been presented to him so far you know firstly he said himself playing against men at Swindon was just a bizarre experience um, and then going into a, a league game you know at league one level at that age and, and holding his own uh, against a good player by the way, on that side of the pitch. Um, so I think he, he's come up against some challenges and he's faced them all really well. And again, Boya said it himself after the game, I'm surprised it's taken him this long to to make a mistake. And uh, the, going back to what I said, I can't remember whether it was Thursday or Sunday, but he has stood up to every challenge, but it's not fair to, to have to rely on him because he's young and he's going to make mistakes like that. And you don't want that to knock his confidence because... We've seen what that does with the likes of Joe Pigger and Carlin Grant and those players that we, we talk about all the time about being put in too early and really struggling. And and you don't want that to happen to him because he's had a fantastic start. It's brilliant that we're able to bring someone like that in and give him the experience. But then you want to be able to protect him as well. And, and maybe Bowie will just take him out for a couple of games now and put Lapo in at right back and change things up a bit. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but... Look, under someone like Boya and Jacko, you know they're going to put their arm around him. They're going to tell him not to worry. They're going to tell him to use this and, and learn from it because overall, since he's come in, he's done an absolutely excellent job. And yes, it's his mistake and yes, it's his own goal, unfortunately. But again, I'm I'm not going to blame him for that because he's stepped up when, when we've needed him so far. And, and as I say, on the whole, he's done a very good job. And uh, you know, after that second goal, again, we, we had a little bit of a spell, probably similar to the first sort of 15 minutes where we saw a couple of 
openings. Connor Washington denied from like a tight angle, and then across from Doughty. Like I say, I don't think Doughty was his his usual self yesterday, but he did pick in a, a, a decent cross for Prattley, who was uh, unmarked and, and probably should have done better. But then just just as we thought we were getting back into it, you know, and, and to uh, uh, rub salt into the wounds, uh, the wounds. Tyrese John Jules gets beyond uh, Ben Perrington with a nutmeg, and then fires in. Uh, to the goal from my angle, I could tell it, it did take a slight deflection, perhaps that deceived uh, Ben Amos. But you know, it's it's, it's the, the Arsenal player on loan at Doncaster that was the one that we missed out on because of our transfer embargo. It just sums up the difficulties that Lee Bayer has to work with at the moment. That a player he's uh, sort of designated as one that he wanted to bring into the club because he can tell he's got quality and he's got something about him. Well, he can't come in because of the ownership crisis, and then just to rub salt into that wound, he goes and scores against us. Yeah, and it was a well-taken finish. But as you say, I think Purrington will be a little bit disappointed. Again, his body shape all wrong to, to get nutmegged at this level that easily. And for him to then get between him and I don't know who the other player was next to him, but to get round them and get to the ball again on the edge of your own area, you'd expect you know a competent defence to be able to to get that away. Uh, it was a well-taken finish for him. And as you say, yeah, just doubly cruel the fact that he should be playing in a red shirt, um, which again goes back to why I'm wary of blaming too much the players for yesterday because whilst I agree with what you said earlier that some of them were at fault for a couple of the goals, there's so much more going on here that, that is at play that really is at fault for all of this happening. But but players like Perrington in that goal, Amos for the first one and Prattley for the first one, you know they are going to look at themselves and think they could do better. And, and Boya said himself it wasn't a very good performance and we looked a little bit... I think he used the word scared, didn't he? Um, but, you know, it, to, at that point, and I think I agree with what you said as well, apart from that first sort of 20 minutes, that was the probably the best spell we had in the game, uh, but without really creating anything. Uh, and then they get that third goal and, and that just killed it off really. And, and as I say, I know we got then got the goal back, but from that point on at 3-0 down with, what, 20 minutes to go, you're not really expecting that you're going to be able to come back and, and win the game, unfortunately. Yeah, we did get that one back from from Connor Washington not too long after the the third goal went in. Uh, and again, it felt like there was just a chance to have a little spell because Washington soon after did have a a shot kind of after a Doughty's low cross came and it was deflected wide. And you're thinking, right, we're we're building up a bit of a head of steam here. But again, that that sort of fizzled out. And in the end, I think Doncaster were were worthy winners. Um, Alex Gilby nearly scored a fantastic goal with pretty much the last kick of the game, uh, long range volley that rattled off the crossbar. But um, yeah, I was <laughs> I was saying yesterday really. I know absence is meant to make the heart grow fonder, but I think there was. A majority of that thousand crowd yesterday was sort of quite grumbly by the end of it because they were so frustrating with the way uh, the afternoon went. Um, a wake up call then after last week, do you reckon? You know, crew, we we beat them reasonably comfortably. Probably played within ourselves a little bit, but um, you know, it was an easy-ish win against Crew. And and this is a Doncaster side who, you know, obviously we know what they're about a couple of years ago when we got them in the playoffs and. They were only just shy of getting in the playoffs last year when the season was curtailed in League One. This is a decent side, and this shows that if, if we want to be top half, top 10, top six contenders, this is the sort of quality you're going to be coming up against. Yeah, I think it's just a reminder that we're not going to have everything our own way. And as I said a little bit earlier, I think majority of fans already knew that. Um, I think nobody wants to admit it, but both Nathan and I said it on... Um, Thursday show that kind of a mid-table finish you know is probably with the squad as it stands probably what we're looking at but 
yeah, a wake-up call. Look, we're not going to win every game. Even if we did end up winning the league, it's very unlikely you're going to win every game. And, and Doncaster were a good side. They moved the ball around nicely. So, and, and Boya said it, you know, he expects them to probably be around the top six places. Um, so, yeah, I think just a, a little bit of a leveller, a little bit of a reminder that we're not going to have things all our own way. Um, but we can't let it knock us too much because we've obviously got another game against Lincoln next weekend and got to just try and prepare ourselves for that really luckily we're out of the capital one cup because I, I didn't realize but that would have been another game this week which is mental so good that we haven't got that we've got a week now they're the players uh, i don't know how close jason pierce is getting to fitness i don't know if he mentioned that at all yesterday but we'll just and another week to see what happens with the the circus that is everything that's going on in the boardroom so yeah it's never quite a chart is it but I'll just be grateful when we get to next Sunday and we have another game. And, and as I say, hopefully the players have had a good week training and they're, and they're ready to go because, yes, it's it's us and we should, should be ready again next next weekend to, to try and go and get three points up at Lincoln. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, Piercy did say he was, um, I think, a, a week or two away from getting back out and, and starting proper training. So hopefully maybe three or four weeks away from getting back to action. Right, uh, Lee Bayer. Uh, came to speak to the press yesterday. You'll hear that someone jumps in and starts interviewing Bo. You're during my interview, so I only get the question at the start. But um, I think you get the gist of uh, of what Lee was saying after yesterday's game. I did ask him uh, for his general feelings after the 3-1 home defeat against Doncaster. Wasn't good enough. Um, started well. Give him the first goal. Um, then he looked scared. We looked scared. We looked nervous. Um, and then half-time, changed it around a bit and give him another goal. We created a few chances, missing too many chances. I say the same thing every week. I keep repeating myself, but it, it's plain to see. I just said to the players, I hope things change quickly because we need players because this group this group that's there now they need competition to, to make things make them realise that you, you're not going to be playing next week if you don't do well as it stands today there is not that competition but this group think that they've just played bad and they think it's okay and then they could just, we've got another game next week don't worry you know, going nowhere if you've, if you've got a, a squad like that. Just told them that. So, let's bring in some bodies. How easy is that going to be, though, Lee, especially given what's going on behind the scenes? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know how easy it's going to be, but that's what needs to happen. We can't sign anyone at the moment. And, um, just keep working hard with this group of players, but this club, this club needs to have ambition, and, and it's a big club, you know. We need we need something to happen quickly. Presumably, yeah, though, you have targets for when when you can change things around. Sorry. Presumably, you have targets in mind for when you can change it around. Yeah, yeah. Got four or five players lined up, ready to go, but can't sign anyone. 
Where was Chucks and Nikkei today, Lee? Chucks and Nikkei is ill. Okay. What's he got wrong with him? Coronavirus. He's got coronavirus. Okay. Yeah. When did you When did you find that out? Uh, Thursday. Okay. So, um, obviously, he was reported on Wednesday that he didn't, didn't feel well. Um, okay. And then got told to stay away and then had a test and back positive so he hasn't he hasn't been in obviously since the West Ham game so, um, so yeah that's, that's where Chucks is even when he's fit we can't get him on the pitch <laughs> it's quite unbelievable <laughs> crazy when you looked at those um, the, the first goal what did you what did you make of it obviously it's the strike from distance the ball's lost in the build up as well isn't it but what, what was your thoughts on the actual goals when you break them down that you conceded well Sloppy pass into midfield for one. Brax knows like you've got to take care in there because that's what happens. It leads to goals. You lose the ball in them areas, nine times out of ten it's going to be a goal. Um, I've not seen it back because Brett ain't around, so I can't look at anything back. But um, my first initial thought was it didn't look the best of strikes. Um, but Ben, the goalie, says that he couldn't he couldn't see it. So many bodies in the way, and he didn't get to see it. And so again, I'll have to look 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 back. But I didn't think it was a very good strike that should beat your goalie from that distance. So, uh, so yeah, that was disappointing. So that is scored the third goal. Is he one of the players you were interested in in the summer, the Arsenal kid? Yeah, he was the one that we thought we would have got but obviously we minded the embargo so yeah. in the end he, he's gone to Doncaster but you see why we wanted him yeah. <laughs> but only young kid strong physical right plays on the shoulder can finish got a bit of everything so um, yeah unfortunately for us we, we couldn't get him and Doncaster could. Do you think Doncaster will be one of the sides that will do well this this season? I mean, they moved the ball, they moved the ball well, didn't they? But I don't know how much you would say that was down to your own team's display as well. Yeah, they 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 moved it quite well. They're being in and around the playoffs, I think they're being in and around the playoffs. And and this is what I'm talking about. Like this is the gap we've got to try and close. They've got they've got their squad. They've added a couple of additions and, and they're strong. So, you don't lose 3-1 unless if you're the better side. But what frustrates me and, and drives me crazy is that we still create a load of chances and, and, and we don't take them. I just said to the players, that could have been 4 all. Should have been 4 all that game. We didn't defend well and... Uh, and we didn't take our chances again. So, frustrating. Very frustrating. Lee, can I, can I just ask about um, you, you having the crowd back, how that felt today as well? Very good, very good. It's over the moon. There's only a thousand there, but they kept singing and 
it was great when everyone first walked on. It's like it gives you a little goosebumps, you know. <laughs> well, it did to me. It gives you goosebumps because we missed them so much. Um, only a thousand. Hopefully, it went well regarding that side of things, and, and we can start bringing some more back in. So, yeah, they've they've been well missed. Just can't things leave. Don't I mean, do you think those goals? I mean, um, I know that uh, you said you don't you don't. Uh, lose three one if you're a better side, but those goals came at crucial times. And but first one when we were on top, second one straight after half time, and then the third one arguably also when we were on top. Yeah, but goals win games, Terry. And if you don't take your chances or you don't you don't do the right thing when you're in the, in, in good areas, then that's the difference. Like look look what they done. The second goal, like that. How many times did we get into that position and, and put crosses in like that? We didn't. But these are things that we work on every single day. So they put better balls, they had better quality in and they're in the final third. Look at the chances we missed compared to the chances they missed. Can you remember them missing chances like what we did? No, I think they might have had maybe four or five shots. I'd like to know how many we missed. So it's, it's not good enough, like... You do work all week and then you, you go and play like that and do do make mistakes like that. It's, yeah, they scored at, at, at good times, but we should have scored before they did. And just finally for me, um, Charlie Barker's had, uh, had mixed emotions since the start. He's had the, some glorious performances and then, uh, you know, unfortunately... Sticks one in the back of his own net. He's gonna gonna need an arm around him, but he certainly had a baptism of fire, isn't he? Yeah, he's had a bit of taste of everything, isn't he? Scoring in the right goal, now the wrong goal. So he's had a an interesting four games. Um, but again, he'll learn. He'll learn from it. I thought he had a, a good steady start as well at the start of the, the game. Um, but he's going to make mistakes. He's, he's, he's a young lad who's is learning the game. So, uh, but it was always going to happen. I'm surprised it's taken this long for him to, to make a couple of mistakes. So it'll make him better in the long run. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers with a header. And it's shot. Yes! 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 Oh, it's yes! Oh, Patrick Barr! Come on! What a time to be here, 
Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. Uh, that was Lee Bowyer speaking after yesterday's 3-1 home defeat against Donnie. And uh, well, it was quite, quite blunt, really, Tom, if that's the right way of, of putting it. You know, he came out and didn't take any prisoners yesterday. He was not pleased. He thinks, he fears that maybe some of the players could be getting a bit complacent because purely there's no one in to, to, to come and replace them if they don't play very well. Yeah, and, and I was surprised when I... I heard it yesterday because, as I say, I'm trying not to blame the players too much. We know everything that's going on, but the, his man management on the whole very, very good. So there'll be a reason for him saying that. And, and I do agree, as I said a bit earlier, that there were some performances that were subpar. But I don't know, for me to come and call the players out at this early stage in the season with everything that they're doing, I, I'm a little bit surprised. I, I won't lie. But if it works and it fires them up and reminds them, then uh, then it's not a Thing. and I know we haven't got the biggest squad in the world and unfortunately for us the back four largely isn't going to be able to change much but there is there is rotation in midfield there is rotation up top so there are options there and maybe it is the case that he's going to have to drop one or two of them and, and play some other players I'm not sure but I'm sure certainly for next weekend I'd be very surprised if there's wholesale changes you would think he'll give them a chance to redeem themselves and, and sh- the one-off um but yeah, it's it's very rare that he comes out and speaks that way about the team, which I guess is a sign of how well the team have performed in recent uh, recent seasons. But yeah, I mean, it was a disappointing yesterday, and I, you know, he gets interviewed so quickly after a game and, and wears his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he? So he's always honest, um, always gives a, a really good interview, and you could see he was hurting from that yesterday. Mm, yeah, and one player, of course, who won't be uh, available in the next couple of weeks, Chuxan uh, as we heard there from Lee Bayer, he's been diagnosed with coronavirus. Um, as, I mean, someone did say yesterday, it, it's surprising we've gone this long without a, a single player catching it, really. I know everyone's so careful, but we, we have to remember this is uh, a prevalent disease within society, and uh, we've probably done quite well to, to go this long without one. But, um, you know... Obviously, send our best wishes to Chucks and, and hope he, he doesn't get too serious about or anything like that. Um, and, and obviously, we'll, we'll miss him because he's uh, he's looked reasonably lively so far this season. I've been very impressed with him. Yeah, really impressed. Obviously, saw him live at Swindon, uh, came on and made an impact there. And he's had an impact in a couple of other games as well. Uh, we We know that he can do that. You know, we saw it a few times last season as well. But as I said on Thursday's show, he looks in a little bit better shape for me. Uh, at the moment so yeah it, it's disappointing Bo you're obviously joking about the fact that even when he's fit he can't get him on the pitch now obviously the fact that he's got Covid is a very serious issue and as you say we hope he's alright but it is frustrating that you've got a player who, who can do that in, in the right scenario and then just never seems to be available and you know we've got we've got Connor we've got Alfie and we've got Maka who were up there we had Josh Davison obviously on the bench yesterday but we're not blessed with too much up there so he is an option that can come on and, and add something a little bit different and you know we'll miss him for a couple of weeks now but like you I, I'm very surprised that there was certainly when we restarted last season I was surprised that it hasn't happened more but as you say the the main thing is that he gets better and I'm sure once he does we can we can look to get him back and hopefully his fitness isn't too badly affected by it but um yeah, d- disappointing from a chart perspective, but obviously from his personal view, it's, it's more serious than that, and we, and we wish him well. 
Yeah, we certainly do. Now, of course, we, we, we heard from Lee Bowie there, did ask him about having the, the fans back in the stadium. Um, and, and you could hear how much it meant to him and, and, to, and to everyone, really. Um, I think before we discuss your experience, Tom, because obviously you're one of those lucky 1,000 ticket holders yesterday, uh, I'm going to bring in uh, a bit of audio that I collected yesterday when I speak uh, when I spoke to a couple of Chelton fans uh, before the game, obviously, so they're still in chipper mood, uh, and asked them how excited they were to be back at the Valley. Yeah, very. It's good to be back. Gives me one of the lucky few to come back. Well, there's only a thousand tickets available, so yeah, I'm pleased I'm here and it's a sunny day. It's nice. Were you apprehensive at all about coming? Was it a difficult decision to put yourself forward for one of the tickets? No, no. I mean, it's spaced out. Like I'm sitting next to my old seat anyway, so at the moment it feels pretty safe. But I'll see what, like, see what it's like when I get in there. Yeah. And what have the instructions from the club been like? Have they been quite clear? Have they been quite easy to understand? Yeah, I mean, it was quite a lengthy... Uh, code of conduct but it's pretty simple to be honest I mean anything I couldn't bring a bag to that's <laughs> <say> anything <laughs> but other than that it's pretty easy like I see what it's like when I get in there what do you think what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like with, with only a thousand and, and spread so thinly around the stadium I'm going to been to uh, what's it called checker trade trophy games and they were 500 so I, you know I'm happy to be back I'm not really fussed about the atmosphere it's just good to see get going and increase over the next few games hopefully yeah, and of course uh, away from the game itself today Charlton's Problems off the field have been continuing, Jeva. What's your view on all that? It's just a mess, really. But I just wanted to get sorted out as soon as possible. Just yeah, too much to too much to follow. I've kind of lost track of it now. But as long as someone comes in who's got best intentions, I'm happy with that. Annabelle back at the Valley for the first time in six months. How do you feel? Uh, a bit weird, really. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to be back, but it's all going to be very strange, isn't it? Yeah. You know, with nobody around you, you're not going to have the atmosphere that you normally have. It's, um, yeah, but I'm pleased to be back. Is it a difficult decision to come back? Was there any apprehension about oh, no. coming back? No, no, I didn't have any apprehension about coming back, no. Where did you get tickets? Yeah, just, just <laughs> getting tickets, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got tickets, OK. And how, how simple has the process been so far in terms of the rules and, and what you have to do in order to, to come down today? Yeah, OK, OK, yeah, OK. Yeah, I, I was a bit worried that we'd have to keep the masks on all the time, but you've only just got to... I think once you're sitting in your seat, you can take it off. And obviously you say it's going to be a very different atmosphere, but I guess it's better than nothing being back today. Yes, oh, definitely better than, <laughs> better than watching it on the TV <laughs> or the streaming, you yeah. know. But, and obviously uh, away from the football today, the, the ownership problems at Charlton have continued. What, what have you made of all that while you've, uh, while you've been away from, from here? I just, uh, it's, it's been a circus, hasn't it? It really has. I think there's a lot of skullduggery going on. <laughs> what do you make about Lee Bayer's decision to still be here? He could have easily walked I'm, in that time. I'm thrilled he's still here. He's, he's a hero. He really is. There we go, Tom. So we, we could hear how pleased those two were to be back in SE7. And you, you're, you're right to say, um, you know, obviously I've been lucky enough to, to go to all the games, but it's not been the same by any stretch. But by having those 1,000 people in there yesterday, it made such a difference. You know, they made a lot more noise than I was expecting. Uh, and, and you're right, it, it was genuinely... I, I found it really emotional when the players first came out to warm up. Uh, and obviously the majority of the crowd were in by then because people had to come in nice and early. Uh, and it, it was this like this reunion after after so long for the, uh, for the players and, and, and the fans to reconnect. And uh, I, it, gen- it genuinely put like a... You know, uh, a, a smile on my face to, to to see that 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 moment happen. It was yeah yeah. I gen I had a lump in my throat and 
I think, look, obviously I did the the Swindon game on commentary, so I have had the opportunity to see the players this season, which I know a lot of people haven't. But I almost couldn't take that game seriously because there was no fans in there. And whatever you think about the Carabao Cup, it, it was a cup game. It, it meant something and we won that game. But even when the goals went in, I was kind of like, oh, this doesn't really matter. And it, it feels like that watching on telly as well. I, I find it difficult to take the games seriously and remind myself that they actually mean something in the sense whatever you expect that football actually means but as fans obviously it does um and I was really excited to come back yesterday and really looking forward to it but I didn't think it was going to have that effect on me and when the players came out or even just walking back up you know I was just excited to walk back I was lucky enough to get my same seat that I usually do by complete coincidence so to walk up and take that seat and just look back out over the pitch was great the players coming out, it, it really did put a lump in your throat. And then when Boya came out, again, obviously I'd seen him at Swindon when we'd done the post-match interview and stuff. But with everything that's been going on over the past weeks and months, it felt like an opportunity for fans to just thank him for sticking around as well. And it was it was genuine. And the thing that you know I love about being a Charlton fan, and I'm sure lots of people say about their clubs, is that sense of togetherness. And particularly since Boya has come in, he's really pulled us all together. And you miss that when you're at home watching it on the TV. You know, I can have Nath over to watch the game or whatever. And, you know, you can watch it with other fans and do that sort of thing. But but it's not the same as being in the ground and all singing along together. And it was just a really, yeah, really nice moment. And obviously the result is unfortunate and, and didn't go our way. But, yeah, it was very moving an experience. And I just hope, as I say, that it all went well and that the government look at it. And I know things are changing rapidly at the moment, but I just hope that there is the opportunity to get a few more in in the coming weeks and months because I know we lost the game yesterday, but it did feel like it made a difference. And it certainly makes a difference for fans. You know, I know so many fans whose mental health has been affected by this. You know, football is a huge release for a lot of people on, on Saturdays and I include myself in that. I've found it really difficult not being there. So to be able to go and cheer them on and uh, no, even though they lost, it it really means something. And it was just a really, yeah, really good experience. And I did leave the ground obviously disappointed that we'd lost, but I also get left the ground with a little bit of a smile on my face that I've been able to come back to the Valley. And, and as I say, I just hope that more people get the opportunity to do it soon. So what was what was like the process like and you know what what did you have to do differently obviously I I, I went around and I saw they were taking temperatures and and you had to wear a mask uh, a bit a bit of confusion over whether you actually had to wear that during the game as well but um, apparently apparently you did I heard so what how did you find that and, and uh, did it feel safe and secure you know we've all I'm sure in in various aspects of our life we we've all been into different places now whether it be a restaurant or a pub or a Saint, or Sainsbury's or anything just to you know and seeing how different that that is working now and and but probably feel a little bit happy about how how much safer that you may feel doing that what what was the experience like for, uh, uh, at football and what what sort of things did you have to do differently I think genuinely uh, as you say I've I've had other experiences I think that was one of the better ones um there are other places I've been, supermarket being one of them, where I feel far less safe and far less comfortable than I did yesterday. Um, so obviously once you get your ticket and you're all sorted, we all got an email. I understand some people got about 20 emails, um, which the club then apologised for. But I just got one email telling me that I had a specific time that I had to arrive. Uh, and when you got there, there was then a queue, which I think the, the club tweeted out um, 
a video of the queue kind of making its way along. Uh, and that was the idea was that that would be socially distanced, although the majority of people also had masks on at that point as well. Uh, and then when you got to the front of the turnstile, you you right, you had your temperature taken, which was just a scanner on your the inside of your wrist. Um, they would ask you, there was a list of questions on the wall about, you know, have you felt ill? Have you all of these things about symptoms? And if you answered no to all of those, then you were let in. And then they just directed you to a turnstile, scan your ticket and you're in. Um, and then when you're in, there's lots of tape and stuff on the floors, I assume, ready for the point at which they might start to reopen the concourse, although nothing really was open yesterday. Uh, and then you were just asked to go straight through. Um, you could use the, the toilets and stuff, but then you were expected to go straight through, not congregate in the concourse at all, and take your seat. Uh, and as I say, they were lucky with the weather. But you you sat three seats apart, I think. So there'd be a person, then three empty seats, and then another person. And all the seats that were allocated had a little green tick on them, so you knew if you were in the right seat. And then they'd sort of staggered them. So the row in front of me, there'd be nobody directly in front of me. They'd be off to the right and off to the left. Then the row in front of them would be where the next person directly in front of me was. So you were nicely spaced out. Um, I th I don't know why, but in my head, I was expecting to be the only person in my block. I thought people were going to be a lot more spread out than they were. Uh and then there were Tannoy announcements that reminded you to keep... So as you said, I wasn't sure that you'd need your face mask on, but it said unless you were eating or drinking to keep your face mask on during the game. Uh, Brian did a couple of announcements about things to look out for whilst you were there. Uh, and then at the end, they took you out row by row. So it, it was a much longer day because obviously you're in the ground an hour and a half before and it takes a little while to get out of the ground and you can't nip off early when you're losing the game. But I thought... It ran brilliantly. It was it was handled really well. And as I say, if if the government or authorities are looking at that to see how the trial went, I don't know how they're going to base the decision on how well it went. But I I certainly thought it ran very smoothly, and and I felt very comfortable the whole time. Yeah, because that's one of the things now that that, that people will wonder. Because obviously the the, the original plan was always uh, a test event with a thousand people, looking to uh, getting possibly up to eight thousand people in the stadium by October. Now, neither of us are virologists or government experts on anything, um, clearly. And uh, so we don't know what, what's going to happen next. Um, if if they are talking about further restrictions coming in elsewhere, you'd imagine that will mean that this won't happen for football, I guess. The the only thing like, you can hope is, well, if, if you can prove that you can do football safely... And presumably it doesn't matter if there's cases elsewhere because still you'd be able to get people in and out safely and this is a safe environment. But I just can't see that being the way that things are going to go because I can't see the appetite for having thousands of people going football whilst at the same time trying to tell people to live their lives differently elsewhere. It's a really difficult one. And as you say, we're luckily not the government, but... And this is not necessarily the forum to get into too much of a debate about that, but they're obviously juggling, as I said earlier, people's health and well-being. They're juggling the safety of people and the fact that cases are going up. They're juggling the economy, let's be honest. Um, but as I said earlier, football is a huge release for people and, and they're, it's going to be one of those things that they're going to be very reluctant to stop if they've shown it can work. Again, I, I don't have stats or anything, but... As I understand it, very difficult to catch when you're outside, particularly if you're in a face mask. So to me, football or sports in general seems like one of the places that would certainly be a lot safer than, for example, keeping pubs open or restaurants or that sort of thing. So 
I think there's a lot of justification for it being possible. I agree with you, though, given the recent surge and the way that things seem to be going. I'd be very surprised if it happens in the next few weeks because we need to see what happens more nationwide. But look, it was a great experience. I think it ran well. I think they've shown that they can do it. I, I never got, you know, even just leaving to go to the toilet or leaving the row, you were told to go back to back with the person if someone was still sit sitting there. So I don't think I came... It's got sort of face-to-face -face contact anywhere near anybody that the whole time I was there from 1.30 through till just gone five o'clock. So it was certainly safe. Obviously, when you multiply that by eight times, then there's going to be more people around. So whether actually it would just be a slightly reduced capacity still, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But in terms of yesterday, I thought they did it brilliantly. And, and I echo what I, what I said earlier and what lots of people have said, that the people that were behind organising all of that deserve a, a huge amount of respect and congratulations because I imagine there was a lot of late nights and stuff to get it on. But it was it was great that it, it went so smoothly. Excellent stuff. Right, let's have a little break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, we're still going to speak about a special guest who was at the Valley yesterday. And we've still got your emails and your tweets to come to as well. <laughs> Space on the right-hand side for Alfie Doughty now in the penalty area. This is a huge chance for the Alex and it's Alfie Doughty who puts Charlton into the lead with a calm left-footed finish. It was a wonderful fall through to the youngster and he pulled it in onto his left foot and slides it beyond the goalkeeper. It's crew Alexander Neil, Charlton Athletic 1. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. Uh, Louis Mendes and Tom Wallin on this week's podcast. We've been looking back at yesterday's 3-1 home defeat against Doncaster. Unfortunate uh, result, but uh, great to see a 1,000 fans back at the Valley. Also great to see a bit of a special guest now. Tom Sangard did say he was going to come to the game and he got a rousing reception when he walked out into the director's box, maybe about 45 minutes before kickoff. Uh, stand innovation. Uh, we've been there before, <laughs> clapping uh, random people into the stadium. But, um, you know, it, it shows, I think, Tom, the appetite f amongst the supporters for this ownership rubbish to take a step in the right direction. And Thomas Sangard still currently seems to be the man in the driving seat in terms of hoping to move the club on forward in a positive way. Uh, and I'm sure he would have enjoyed his first visit to the Valley yesterday. I think so, yeah. And I don't think the game harmed the proof if you like that that change needs to happen sooner rather than later again it was another sort of goosebumps moment um to see him there and to see that reaction to him and i think it's just as telling that the the purport people who purportedly claimed to own the club wouldn't be in seen within a hundred miles of the place because they know that they probably wouldn't get out with all their limbs so um yeah it was Again, just one of those things that, that shows just what a club we could be, you know, what a sleeping giant we are, uh, you know, and I'm not I'm not talking Champions League in three years, but just to be competitive in the Championship, to be pushing for the Premier League, this club has everything in place to be able to do that. I have absolutely no doubt of that with the right backing. And the, as I said earlier, the fact that the current owners, whoever they are, can't get anywhere near the ground for for their own safety shows just how bad the situation is and like you look we have to take Thomas on face value in the same way that we've taken lots of those other people on face value when they've originally come in uh, and he 
he seems to be the man that that we want and and the man that we need. And I don't know if his appearance there really tells us anything about how things are progressing, unfortunately. But yeah, he uh, he got a great reception, and you know, fans that have backed him, you know, all over social media and whenever they've had the opportunity. And unfortunately for us, it's just that question of waiting now and just hoping and praying. And I said it after the judgment got handed down earlier in the week, just hoping he doesn't give up on us. And and the fact that he was there yesterday suggests he still thinks that he can get something done. And I just hope that he sticks by this because if he does come in, the noises that he's been making about what he wants to do with the club are very exciting. But yeah, nice to see him there and nice to see such a good reaction for him. Yeah, and we saw a really imaginative protester elsewhere yesterday. Um, you may have seen on, on social media the uh, Fans for Fans group. Uh, they, they've started targeting um, commercial partners of the EFL, so sponsors, that sort of stuff. So I imagine there'll be uh, everyone deleting their Just Eat app soon. But uh, yesterday they targeted the Screwfix store in in Woolwich, I think it was. Uh, they formed a blockade about for, for about an hour. Uh, asking customers to 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 go elsewhere. Um, obviously, uh, it's it's an imaginative one. I think uh, from from the videos I saw, it looks like the uh, they explained their reasoning quite clearly to uh, to to the people who are trying to get in, and and, and quite a few seem to accept it. I mean, that's a different way of uh, of of going about things, but it, it's another way, I guess, to get the message out to the public. And and now targeting the EFL rather than just the the, the ownership of Charlton itself. Um, shows that you know the, the people are concerned about the wider ownership issues in in the whole of football rather than just at the Valley. Yeah, and and that last point there is important because it it gets the fans united across the leagues. And you know we've seen obviously the news this week with another club going out and and Wigan and obviously Bury and Bolton. There's so many clubs that you list off these days that are in in financial difficulty. And yeah, Benji Nurek I think posted some really good videos of the protest. And you're right, it seemed to be a fairly civil conversation with anyone who came up and the majority of them went, fine, I'll I'll pop round the corner to Tool Station instead. And it's going to have hurt their sales, obviously, that particular store. I think there was some, I can't remember exactly what the number was of people that ended up going elsewhere. And unfortunately, it's not a case that we can man every store 24-7, which would, I suspect, have obviously a a wider impact. But the fact that they were there, the fact that they did that, it, it gets people talking and... You know, Charlton fans, unfortunately, have had to be creative with protests a few times over the past few years and fans aren't going to let this club die. We've seen it so many times and for all, there is a certain amount of now where the situation has got to. I agree that the EFL are unable to do too much to a certain extent. They still have to take a huge amount of the responsibility and really look at their own regulations and look at where they are and what they do have power to do because... They are responsible for administering those leagues and for my mind they are responsible for protecting the clubs that are in those leagues to a certain extent and it's all well and good to say once someone owns a business they can do what they want with it. Well yes that's true but who are you letting in in the first place and why are you letting them do it is another question. How is someone able to to buy a football club without passing the owners and directors test in the first place is, is madness to me so... I think it's good. It's joined up. It was, you know, not aggressive. Um, and if the EFL were just willing to open up in a bit of dialogue, perhaps we could get somewhere. But their incompetence just knows no bounds. And it's so frustrating. But that's where we are. And 
I'm glad that fans aren't prepared to just roll over and let this happen. You know, they're prepared to to go after them in, in the ways that they see fit. And I thought it was, as you said, the word imaginative. I think it was an imaginative protest. And yeah, hopefully, as I said earlier, it gets the wider fan base of other clubs involved as well. And uh, I'm sure there'll be more of that to follow in the coming weeks. Excellent stuff. Right, let's have a look at some of the messages then that have come in uh, this week for the show. Rob Waghorn says, Evening, everyone. We were not far off matching Doncaster yesterday, and it just highlights the urgency for the EFL to act on our situation. Put Jason Pierce in there and Prattley in his usual position, and that would have countered their ploy to shoot from the edge of the box. Zek says, uh, Defence let us down. I know there's not much that can be done in the situation we're in, uh, but that should make them work harder. Hope things can be improved for next week. Southern Comfort says the only positive is that maybe uh, yesterday reset expectations after yes after last week's win. Uh, I think many had still thought we'd walk this league despite everything. Fact is, it's going to be a real struggle, at least until January. CAFC says it wasn't our best performance, but not much can be done at the moment. Uh, very few positives to take away, although Connor Washington looked very good. Uh, the own goal that Barker had scored must have shattered his confidence, and I do hope he regains that. I mean, as Tom said, I, something about Charlie makes me think that he even if he does make a mistake, he'll still have his head on in the right place. But yeah, what did you make of Connor Washington then yesterday, Tom? He scored uh, uh, his second goal in as many games. Uh, li- lively, had a, had a few opportunities really throughout the game. I was very impressed with him, yeah. And as you say, looked very lively. Uh, thought he ran the channels well, got into good positions, was good support for, for Maka. Uh, and as you say, took his goal pretty well as well. So yeah, he's look, he's an international player, so you know I'd expect him to be to be okay. But I was very impressed with it with his work rate and his desire, and hopefully him and him and McCauley can start to form a bit of a partnership now. I know there are rumours of uh, Maka getting bids, but we've been turning them down, and I hope we continue to do so because I think that that could be a nice little partnership there. And I mentioned that at half time, I'd have I quite wanted a change of shape. I know we were kind of playing that three across the forward line in the first half. I'd like to see those two as a traditional kind of forward two, if you like, with, with someone just in behind them in the, the diamond that we used to play and see how we get on there. Because I think between them, they should both certainly be looking at double figures uh, as a minimum. And I think, you know, Connor started the season well and looks like he could could well go on to do that. Excellent stuff. Uh, had a message in from uh, K Brock yesterday. Uh, a very poignant one. Yesterday meant more to me uh, than a game of football. I kept two promises uh, to my son that we would go to the valley again and to our dear friend Ollie that we would take some flowers and put them on the Sam Bartram statue uh, in memory of his brother Seb and his friend Chris. And I'm sure that was a, a very poignant moment yesterday. And it, 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 it just there was just that pang of of sadness yesterday when when you see all the fans in and you're looking at them coming round and you look round and you just expect to see Sebo just hanging up his flag, you know, almost automatically and 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 he wasn't there and obviously that was that was very uh, very sad and a very tough one to take. Right, Will Bolland uh, says a bad day at the obvious. Obvious to all uh, that we need investment and new owners to invest, except uh, to the judges. Uh, another good performance from Gilby and Washington. Don't blame the players. The EFL's poor performance spreads to I follow too. It was an absolute shambles from them. Yeah, it sounds like there was, there was more problems with the uh, the the coverage on on, on I follow yesterday, which is uh, clearly 
uh, not what you want to see and uh, very disappointing for those of you who uh, paid for the stream right McSquared said how embarrassing was that woeful finishing sloppy passing and Keystone Cops defending all in one match Doncaster must have thought Christmas had come very early indeed it wasn't even that Doncaster were even that good uh, it also doesn't seem that long until we resorted to playing hoofball unless things change very quickly it's going to be a very long season and we are going to be in a whole heap of trouble Right, Phil says, uh, Heil, uh, not a great week on or off the pitch. This takeover needs to happen. Otherwise, it's going to be a hell of a struggle this season. It's hard to blame Bayer or the players. However, we have to be honest that that was nowhere near good enough. The whole of the back four needs to come out for various reasons. Our midfield offered a little protection and going forward just pumped long aimless balls into the channel. And up front, our strikers offered very little, although they did get very little service. Our movement off the ball was lethargic and too many players were isolated on it. Uh, on a positive note, it was fantastic to see fans back at the Valley. Things can only get better. Right, uh, Dave Rodden says uh, currently uh, the joys of supporting the addicts is currently the shortest topic in the world. First of all, chaps, thanks for being there. Your combination of clear-eyed good sense and warm-hearted optimism does lift the spirits in these difficult times. Uh, I too tend, cheers for that, Dave, I too tend to veer towards the glass half-full persuasion and clearly context, context was everything in yesterday's admittedly disappointing outing. A squad so threadbare that Prattley had to play in three different positions during the 90 and which relies too heavily going forward upon the great promise of Alfie Doughty, a mere boy who will sometimes have sluggish games like he did yesterday there were some positives uh, Jake Forster Kasky was good I like the cut of Connor's jib Albie gave his all Johnny Esther remains a class act even in a struggling team but we need to talk about Macca his supporters, including my son, who has been brought up so badly that he thinks it's okay to disagree with his father, uh, acknowledges his flaws to assure me that, quote, he will score goals at this level. But when he doesn't, and that at the moment is all the time, one has to look at his other contributions and they are negligible. Uh, the ball into his feet is futile as the ball never sticks, which turns us from attack to defence in split seconds. And he never knowingly won a meaningful mid pitch header i know we have not been shopping in harrods the chance to shop anywhere would be nice but our need for a better player than one recently in the conference uh, i think he is very much a victim of the ownership fast as anyone loaded down with the responsibility the pressure and the hope that his talents can't possibly deliver but i do wonder if a covid free chooks or the raw but promising uh, josh or connor through the middle would offer us more of what we need while we were forced to shuffle our decidedly ragged pack but as a famous dame once said just be patient i guess damn hard though hey that's for dave thanks for the show he says that's a brilliant email dave well i'm interested then tom your take on macaulay bond uh, you know in terms of chances yesterday i had two headers that were both actually offside so he wouldn't have counted but he fluffed two decent opportunities yesterday and whereas you know his goal record wasn't awful yesterday i think he hit double fi- uh, last season he hit double figures he did miss some chances and, and we saw a bit more of that yesterday and 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 Dave is asking if he offers enough in the rest of his all-round game as well. I think there are parts of that email I agree with, but I think it's harsh overall. I think look, I think his goal record last season was very good for a player that had come from the conference to do that in the championship. I agree that he needs a lot of chances to get a goal, um, but I think that's the case because of the level he's come from. You know, he's made a huge step up and. Obviously, he's now made a step back down. But I think you think of the games where he does impress. And I'm going to use Swindon as an example because I was there. Obviously, he took his goal there absolutely brilliantly. But not only that, his hold-up play that day was absolutely fantastic. 
balls were coming to him through the air, they were coming to his feet, and he was just holding the ball up, turning, distributing it, bursting into the box. He had such a good game. And I think Boya came out after the game, said it was the best game Macker had ever played for us. I'm not sure I agree with that, but he was he was really, really good. Yesterday, less so. Yesterday, it, the, and this is where I do agree with the email, it wasn't sticking to him. I know those chances were offside, um, but he should have done better, certainly with one of them. So he had a disappointing game. Um, do I think he works hard enough? I think he tries to conserve his energy for, for when he's attacking and whether we can afford that luxury, I don't know. Certainly when you've got the pace of Alfie and the, the energy of Connor doing some of the chasing back, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to have a player that stays up in the final third of the pitch and maybe doesn't recover as much. But I think his work ethic is there. I think it's more a choice that he's making as opposed to him being lazy or anything like that. So he is raw. Um, Boya has said it himself and said it since day one. He is a project. He's someone that I'm sure Boya is working with day in, day out on the training ground. And I don't think we've seen the, the best of Macaulay Bond yet. As I said earlier, I would expect him to be aiming for double figures. And I think if he doesn't get that goal return in this league, he would be disappointed too. And, and we certainly would. But yeah, uh, he's not the finished article. And uh, as the email says, you know, we're not shopping in Harrods, but I think he, he is better than the tone of that email made out. And I think on the whole, I think too much criticism, criticism of him, sorry, is a little bit harsh. But there are aspects of that that I do agree with. And certainly yesterday was not one of his better games lovely stuff right email that's come in from steve hearn i think at the moment results are not as important to the fans as the issue to save our club is we can recover from bad results that's football you get relegated you get promoted but if you lose your football club what are you left with just history and nothing else yeah and you have to say i agree with that one steve and finally mitch was at the game yesterday i was one of the lucky slash unlucky ones with a ticket yesterday and sat in the west stand rather than my usual north lower seat it gave me a completely different perspective and i thought we were on to a winner uh, when i watched the donny team wander out for kickoff in dribs and drabs uh, looking like they didn't want to be there i thought uh, I was going to be proven right until their first goal, which was completely against the run of play from an uncharacteristic Prattley mistake. You can see the heads drop and the lads stop pressing and hassling the ball. Uh, I was hoping uh, that the second half would be more productive, but again, Donny score, and there was and there we on we were constantly chasing the game and uh, committing too many forward, which allowed Donny to score the third. In my opinion, we're desperate need of two centre halves, a right back and a left back. Otherwise, I think this season is going to to be a struggle and we will finish in mid table uh, and then they've sent a lovely picture of Darren Moore the Doncaster uh, boss saying on a lighter note Darren Moore makes a better door then and then well he didn't say what but it's, uh, he's, a, he's a muscular man Darren Moore uh, doing a reasonably decent job there with Doncaster Rovers right I think we've uh, come to the end of the show thank you who, to all of you who've listened uh, throughout uh, the podcast we'll be back on Thursday uh, to look ahead to next Sunday's game uh, against Lincoln uh, they've been uh, drawn in the capital in the Carabao Cup uh, against Liverpool so our game's been moved back a day so they can be on TV I guess or something uh, so uh, yeah we'll be back on Thursday to look ahead to that Tom will be hosting on Sunday as I'll still be driving back from uh, Lincoln uh, but I'm sure that's something to look forward to Tom thank you for joining me on this week's podcast Cheers, Louis. Excellent to have you with me. I've been Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening to Charlton Live, and we'll be back here on Thursday.
catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 